Good morning. Good morning. We are thrilled today with our speaker. You know, a few um, <clears throat> excuse me, a few months ago, we had someone come talk to us about family promise and about signing on with an organization. I remember that morning there were so many questions about it. And so Sarah Beachman and I have been going back and forth about wouldn't it be great to have someone from that organization come and speak to us? Well, we really lucked out because we have the director of that organization this morning. And he is great. I was talking to him this morning about when I read stuff about him, I couldn't connect the dots kind of. Well, it turns out that he was really in, I call it private industry, but he really worked for the state uh, in their pension board. <clears throat> He's an accountant. But he did a lot of volunteer work, including Habitat for Humanity and organizations like that. And isn't it strange how God kind of works things out to where he gets transitioned into actually having a job, doing the same things he did for nothing before. So, <laughs> so I thought, well, <clears throat> but that's great. That's kind of like God's providence, you know. He gave freely of himself. And to me, now he's he's been rewarded with such a wonderful challenge as Family Promise. You know, Family Promise is uh, helps people who are homeless. And, you know, most of us, we don't, it's hard for us to relate to the homeless. But uh, working for H&R Block, I, right now we have a lot of people who are getting refunds. And um, I meet homeless people. And some people are homeless because maybe they have alcohol problems or something like that. Other people are homeless because they just came on hard times, and they want to get out of it, and they want to make a life for themselves, but they're just in a bad spot just right now. And I think that's the spot where Family Promise comes in, and it helps those people to get on their feet and gives them support until they can really be self-sufficient. So um, without further ado, we're going to have Bill come, and that's his wife, Cheryl, who got up earlier, and thanks for sharing that with us. So, Bill, if you will come up and tell us all about Family Promise. All right. Well, praise the Lord, everyone. How are you this morning? Very good. And uh, this is the day that the Lord has made, and we should rejoice and be glad in it, right? And uh, I'm so glad that uh, um, you've given me this opportunity to share with you about Family Promise um, as Mary had uh, indicated earlier, it's not um, uh, something that I ever expected I'd do. Um, my background is in finance and accounting, uh, but I uh, did the books uh, part-time for North Fulton Community Charities, uh, served with some of your members here uh, on the selection committee with Habitat for Humanity. Um, I'm part of a, a ministry called Kairos, um, where we uh, go into prisons. So I've done a lot of things for nonprofits in my spare time, so to speak. But uh, back in uh, November, when I was working with the state of uh, Georgia, that job uh, ended. And uh, I just happened to be talking with uh, Barbara Duffy, who, um, uh, you know, I worked for for 10 years on a part-time basis and was sharing with her I was looking for some uh, another employment opportunity with, as a controller. But she said, well, you might want to look at this. And so it was a family promise, executive director position, and, you know, nothing in my resume said anything about executive director experience. But um, once the search committee understood, you know, the other things I've shared with you and we talked about it, it's like, well, maybe you can do this. And so I see it as God's divine intervention, too, because, uh, you know, they selected me and these are 
uh, some of the things that are close and dear to my heart. And Family Promise is a program that it's been around for some 25 years, uh, helping homeless families. And that's the focus of the program is to help families that are in need who are going through transition um, due to uh, job loss, due to eviction, uh, because maybe they had a situation occur where there was illness and they had to pay the bills and couldn't afford the rent, any number of different things. Uh, back in 1988, when um, it was founded, Karen Olson uh, was making trips back and forth to New York from New Jersey, and uh, she would see homeless people uh, on the uh, on, on the route as she was going to work, and she would give them money but never spend any time actually listening to their story. Uh, one time she decided to do that and actually heard a story from someone, and it just touched her heart. And she got a church involved, and after that, 25 years later, um, there are some 163 networks around the country in 42 states. Over that 25-year period, they've uh, helped some half a million people uh, to get back on their feet and into permanent housing um, with a, about an 80% success rate in, um, in terms of getting back on their feet and into permanent housing um, and getting their life, getting on with their lives. Um, I just wanted to read a scripture, and then I wanted to play this DVD. Many of you are familiar with this scripture. It comes out of Matthew 25, and it says, uh, Then the king will say to those on his right hand, Come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. And I would just add or suggest that I was homeless. And you took me in, not just a stranger, but I was homeless as well. And that's what this program is all about. And further in the scripture, you know, the Lord says, you know, that these who do this to the least of these have done it to me. And so this program is about really helping and being the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. Um, and we uh, are just uh, proud to be a part of it. And if we could uh, play the DVD, just kind of give you a little bit of an insight as to uh, how the program works. And then I can go into a little bit more, but just respond to your questions as well. I became homeless with a family breakup. Everything was going okay in my life, it seemed, one day. And all of a sudden, they stopped going okay. The reason we're in here is because I lost my job. Eventually, I got evicted. Before I was homeless... I looked on it as a problem that I would never encounter, something that would never happen to me. Someone who is in a homeless situation is in a situation. It does not define who they are or what kind of person they are. I have to tell you, when I arrived, I was new in my congregation. I didn't know who the guests were and who the volunteers from the congregation were. It breaks your heart to see that a hard-working family could actually end up in a situation like this. I am always surprised at how loving and open and friendly these people are. It's a great opportunity for hands-on outreach. You don't have to go on a mission trip to do this. 
we get just as much if not more out of it than the people that we're trying to help. It's just a wonderful feeling. The Interfaith Hospitality Network is a partnership among congregations, volunteers, and agencies that gives homeless families the support they need to secure safe, affordable housing and regain their sustainable independence. I was in the military for 14 years, and I've gotten out. My problem that I had was that the skills I learned in the U.S. Army and the infantry don't translate over to the civilian world. I wasn't able to get a job. After a while, we lost our place. The hardest part about being homeless is not knowing if you're going to be able to take care of your family. Families are the fastest growing segment of the homeless population. They have nowhere to turn. Shelters across the country are full. And those shelters that can take families in, often they split up moms and dads. Moms and children go to one shelter, and dads and boys over the age of 12 have to go to another. That's even if they can find shelter. And to think we have congregations, churches, synagogues, and mosques across this country that can make a difference. And what a difference they can make when they open their doors. When they open their doors and open their hearts, lives are changed. That's what families talk about most. You know, we call this the Interfaith Hospitality Network Program. It's a program, but it's about the volunteers who make a tremendous difference in the lives of families. For a congregation to be able to share their facilities, not as a shelter, but as a home to someone. That's really, I think, what the important thing is. That, that's what's meaningful about IHN. That's what's different about IHN. We're providing homes for homeless people, not shelters. To see these people when they come in and when they leave, to see Anne tonight so excited because she got her apartment. You know, you gums cry right with them because you're so excited for them. I am so happy to say that Anne has been approved for her house and she gets the key tomorrow. In a way, it made me feel sad because this is their last night with us. It's very touching. I want to say that I feel so relieved and everybody's been so nice and so helpful. I can't put any better words than that. I, I thank all of them and they're really helping people. I've never seen anything like that before. The Interfaith Hospitality Network gives congregations the opportunity to create an innovative local response to family homelessness. The people coming in and spending their time with us and cooking the meals for us have been a great help. Often when we talk about a program like this, we think about I'm an awfully busy person. I've got a lot of things to do. So when I tell people about why they might want to be part of that, I'll talk about how it's a chance to live out your faith. On Sunday mornings and other contexts, we talk a lot about serving God. This is a way you can actually do it. I think that IHN takes a big responsibility in these people's lives. So for me to do my little, little part that I can make a dinner come, spend some time with people, feed them, is wonderful. So I feel like it's a minimal effort for such an enormous, enormous return. Every congregation only hosts about four or five times a year. That makes an easy job to volunteer for. Once people do it, they really love it. They want to keep doing it. <coughs> What is so wonderful about the program that it involves so many people? I think it's one of the best outreach programs a church or synagogue can have. 
You can see how much it means by the outpouring of volunteers, people making food, people coming to have fellowship with the families that are visiting. It's a way that we all kind of band together for a really good purpose. People are compassionate. They want to make a difference. They don't always know how. And so IHN provides a way for people to address a major social issue and make a huge impact in the lives of families right within the walls of their own house of worship. They're friendly. They're giving us the support that we need to keep doing what we have to do to stand on our own feet. Guess what? I'm going to start working tomorrow. Yeah, we're going to go to the new house soon. Oh! <laughs> I love you, Daddy. Oh, I love you, Daddy. I love you, Daddy. I love you, too. So as you can see, um, Family Promise uh, can make a difference in the lives of a lot of people. Um, you heard the reference to IHN. IHN is the, is a, a program under Family Promise, which is the organization. Uh, there are other programs that, uh, are under the Family Promise organization. Uh, there's a mentoring program, there's an advocacy program. We are the Interfaith Hospitality Network. So right now we have, uh, 12 congregations that make up our network, uh, two of those congregations partner together. So we actually cover 11 weeks during the course of uh, of the uh, quarter. And we're actually looking for two additional congregations so that we can have 13 weeks to really get to the number that you heard there where there would be four, no more than four weeks uh, du during the course of a year that would have to be covered by any one congregation. Right now, the way the schedule is with 11 weeks, there are several churches that have to cover five weeks uh, during the year. Um, there are four families or 14 people that we can help at any one point in time. Uh, some of that's driven by the fact that the van holds 14 people, so that's how they got to that number. But um, And your ch uh, church is part of our network, as you already know, and unfortunately we had to bypass your, uh, your week because we didn't have a family that was eligible at the time. Um, and I talk about eligibility in that uh, you have to go through some uh, qualifying uh, steps in order to be part of the program. Uh, you have to be willing to submit to a uh, drug test, and you have to be willing to agree uh, to a background check. And over the first two or three weeks, and including your week, uh, there were folks that I talked to who didn't want either a background check or they didn't think they could pass a drug test. And so if you can't do that, you surely don't need to be part of the program. Um, and then there are folks who said that they wanted to be part of the program, but they couldn't wrap their minds around the fact that we move every week. So your congregation and other congregations in the network will open their doors on a Sunday afternoon and the families will be housed and fed during the morning, during the evening um, in your congregation from that Sunday afternoon until the following Sunday morning. And then it rotates to another congregation. So it's a week-long commitment on your part 
And you heard uh, one of the reverends say that this is an opportunity to live out your faith within the four walls. Um, you don't have to make mission trip. Uh, I'm kind of dressed like this well, for two reasons. Uh, I uh, have been to Ghana and uh, on several mission trips to, to build housing. And uh, this was a gift from uh, the pastor uh, that we built the house for. And he actually came to visit uh, with us last week, spent the week with us, and gave me this as a gift. So you think it's okay? <laughs> <laughs> but you don't have to do that. Um, you can live out your faith within the four walls of your church. And these people are part of your community. Um, today will be our actual opening day although we open the 3rd of February, but we actually have three families that will enter the program today. Uh, a mom with a three-month-old uh, who's not working, wants to work, but she was laid off from her previous employer. Uh, a mom with three kids, uh, ranging from 10 to 14 years of age, that go to school in Alpharetta. Um, she's looking for work. And a couple that has a uh, almost two-year-old, very lively, almost two-year-old. Um, so we have three families that will uh, be part of our program starting today, and they're entering in at uh, North Minister uh, Presbyterian Church. Uh, so we're getting our feet wet today. Uh, really, baptism of fire is going to happen today uh, to make sure that we have all this. A lot of things, God has just kind of brought things together. We didn't have a transportation solution um, up until a couple of weeks ago. Well, the solution was a big 1985 30-passenger international harvester bus. <laughs> and... You need a CDL to drive it. That means I'm the only one, well, I have a CDL. Anybody else have a CDL? No? Well, I was the only one that could drive that bus, uh, which would have been a lot uh, of work. But anyway, the bus didn't turn over. It didn't work. And so uh, by the grace of God, Barbara Duffy and uh, North Fulton Community Charities, they had a van, and they weren't using it that much, so now we have a van. And we can transport these families, uh, the kids to school. Uh, we can transport the uh, parents during the day. Uh, another solution that I didn't know about, uh, because we don't have a, day, a, a daycare at our facility, uh, we will have office angels uh, who will be there for the uh, families to, to answer questions, but we don't have daycare. But the uh, Fulton uh, County Services Center down at the annex, as I remember it, uh, they have the uh, Workforce Initiative Act that's in place there. And as a result of that, they managed to also provide free daycare for four hours a day. So without those two solutions, I don't know that I'd have the ability to help these families out that we're bringing in today. But I can now transport them and I can take them down there to, um, I can take them down there so that they can look for work. Uh, the two infants can be cared for, and I can take the kids to school, um, you know, in Alpharetta, so, and the parents can look for, for work, and we hope that they can find work within a fairly short period of time. Uh, our program goes in 30-day increments up to a maximum of 90 days. And uh, so for 30 days, as long as the family is doing what they're supposed to do, uh, and if we don't meet all the targets, you know, uh, we can extend it for another 30 days. If they find a job, the intent is for me to hold on to whatever their money is since they're not, um, you know, paying rent or they don't have to buy food. Uh, we're trying to accumulate the funds then that they can use to put as a uh, deposit and a month or two in terms of rent on an apartment. 
So that's the way the program works if you're working. If you're not working, we're hoping we can get you employed and get you to working so that, again, we can still work that process. Um, so that's kind of in a nutshell uh, what what we do. And I know uh, I'm not supposed to take up all the time. There's some questions and answers I hope to have for you. So, yes, sir. Would you share with us the number of homeless families you have in North Fulton County? Uh, North Fulton, the numbers that I hear uh, in Fulton County in general, there's some 3,200 families in North Fulton. There's some 820 families at any point in time that are uh, homeless. Um, one of the families that I'm taking in is, uh, you know, I, and I'm working through uh, agencies like uh, North Fulton Charities. They refer one of the families to me. Uh, CAC, have, uh, they've referred families to me. Uh, I've talked with the uh, Fulton County Homeless Liaison and the DeKalb County homeless liaison. So as families uh, that they know about through their work with the kids, they will also refer folks to me. And one of the families came uh, as a referral from Fulton County. Uh, that was a solution too, long term, that uh, was a challenge because we have a day center. The day center during the course of the day when they're not, uh, at least in this case, when we're not at the uh, Fulton County Services Center, the families will be at the day center, which is located at St. Luke's Presbyterian Church. Uh, in Dunwoody. So we have computers set up there so they can look for jobs, continue to look for jobs there. We have toys there. Uh, we have a resting area, cribs and stuff like that. My office is there. Uh, there's a refrigerator there so, you know, if we have snacks uh, during the course of the day, um, you know, we can refrigerate them and they can eat uh, while we're there. Um, but the uh, uh, where I was going was at Fulton County, uh, early on into my process here, uh, they were not willing to come into DeKalb County, which is where this church is, uh, to pick up the kids to take them to school in North Fulton County. And we had to pray about that and talk to the homeless liaison about that. And eventually uh, she got with the uh, uh, transportation system and they actually measured off and said, well, you're about a mile and a half <laughs> over the line. And uh, so they said, okay, we can do it. So um, it doesn't. It takes a little while for them to put a route together, um, but what they'll do once uh, I, uh, I and I've already talked to the liaison. Uh, what they'll do is uh, provide transportation to St. Luke's and pick up these kids and take them to school up here in North Fulton uh, County. So we have, I believe, most of the uh, solutions in place to help. Um, you know, we can always use a, you know, a, a day center. We can always use an easier way to find jobs. So, um, you know, as any of you have job opportunities, certainly uh, um, we'll make you aware of the kinds of needs that we have. And you may know of people who could put these folks back to work fairly quickly. Um, so, you know, that's, uh, that's, that's what I'm trying to do. Uh, with God's help and your help, we'll hopefully make make it good. What are you gonna do when you run out of arms and legs? Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's been a challenge already. Um, I have been uh, given uh, uh, permission to look for a case manager part time. So, because part of what I will have to do <clears throat> is to follow up with each of these families during the course of the day and make sure you know that they are looking for work and that they are looking for an apartment. You know, that sort of thing. So typical case management work, that's not necessarily my forte, but, you know, that's what I'll be doing until I get one. Bill, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, just a quick comment. Uh, Bill didn't want to mention this, but he's running this organization by himself. He's got no staff. 
Bill does intake, Bill does the interface with the families, he makes the decisions about the ones that get in, the ones that don't get out, and does all the interface with the churches by himself. He is a one-man tiger. Let me tell you, that guy is doing a great job. Yeah. Um, our class is heavily involved in home stretch. Yeah. Would you in, uh, indicate or discuss how how a home promise interfaces with home? Yeah, I've, uh, and would you take that on to the Drake House and Habitat for Humanity uh, yeah. and North Fulton Charity? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I've I've, uh, I've met with home stretch. They've referred some folks to me as well. As you know, home stretch uh, will only uh, take families if both uh, parents, if you, if it's a two-parent family. They'll only take them if they are full-time employed. Right. Uh, so if they're part-time employed, that's not a solution for home stretch. So they will refer those folks to me. And if you're a single mom, you need to be working full-time. If you're part-time, they won't handle you. So uh, again, they are referring those folks to me. Drake House, uh, they basically do similar type of thing that we're doing, but they won't accept any men. Uh, so again, our solution is the one that will accept a man. We will not accept unaccompanied men or unaccompanied women. We are a family promise organization. So um, I found that out early on because I have had <coughs> couples uh, looking for uh, temporary shelter, but uh, you know the national organization says no. This is for family, and you know if there's a family that's in need and you've got a couple in there, what are you going to do? So anyway, we have been focused on that. So Drake House can accommodate couples, and we will. So does that help? Yeah. Do you see, let's say you get a family unemployed, they find a job. Could they then go to home stretch? Yeah, if they find full-time employment, and that's, we've talked about referring uh, back and forth. So if they find uh, full-time employment, uh, then I can refer them to um, to home stretch. Uh, for the Drake House, um, it's actually working two ways. Drake House has a pretty uh, intense uh, intake process themselves, and the families may not have a place to stay for a week while they go through that intake process. And so we will uh, house those families that they refer uh, to us as they go through that process. And then, you know, they can graduate from our program back to Drake House. So we're working. We've got those... Uh, you know, um, connections in place. Yes. Sir. Has our job networking program been helpful? Have they taken advantage of it? Not yet. That'll be something I'll plug them into um, right now during the course of the day. And part of that challenge is going to be daycare uh, because uh, we are not babysitters. Uh, there's no, um, the organization is very cautious about uh, volunteers being with children uh, without the parents being present. So one of the things here is that I don't think there's a daycare uh, solution, but it might be uh, something somewhere in there where we can work some information sharing at least that out. Work at the Child Development Center <clears throat> down a road way. Yeah, I, that... <coughs> Yeah, yeah, they won't be open for 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 this for the evening and during the day. Again, that the Fulton County Service Center, that the Child Development Association is actually the ones that are providing the service at the Fulton County Service Center at no cost. Yes, sir. Bill, could you go into a little bit of detail as to what kind of services congregation provides them? Okay. Yeah. So uh, when the families uh, come in uh, at intake, there'll be your coordinators. 
who will welcome them in, go through the set of rules, if you will, because there are places in your congregation, in your facility, that you probably don't want them to be um, visiting. So you need to just tell us what that is. And then you'll have uh, some of your volunteers who may be uh, in charge of preparing the, the dinner area. And you may have other volunteers who actually prepare the meals. And uh, another set of volunteers could actually be responsible for uh, just preparing the rooms and making sure the rooms are ready. Uh, then there are two volunteers, it could be more, uh, but we have beds for two volunteers to stay overnight uh, in your facility, uh, preferably a husband and wife, uh, but a, a man and a woman, at least 21 years of age, um, you know, adult folks who would be uh, in the congregation or in the facility at night uh, while the families are sleeping overnight and are here to, you know, assist and accommodate them if there's some, some challenges. And then in the morning, uh, there could be two more folks who come in uh, to uh, prepare breakfast. Now, all of the, especially breakfast, and given what um, we have to do, uh, I know some of you are probably, uh, you know, good cooks. You can do the cheesy grits. Uh, <laughs> you know, but we're going to be on the fly because what I have to do, depending on, um, you know, what the congregation's facility capability is, if they don't have showers, I have to take them down to St. Luke's in Dunwoody to take a shower and then bring them back up to school. So when you're talking about breakfast in the morning, I'm talking about a breakfast burrito or, you know, some quick cereal or something like that. Uh, dinner in the evening can be, you know, something a little more uh, substantial. Uh, but again, you know, we're talking about 14 people, so some of you are probably used to, you know, cooking for your men's group or your ladies' guild or United Methodist women and making a pot that can feed 30. Uh, but we won't have the ability to store uh, a lot of extra, uh, although some of the um, uh, leftovers we could probably use for, for lunch. Uh, but we just have to be just mindful of the number of people. And I try to get that information ahead of time uh, to the congregation that's going to be hosting how many people, what their uh, meal preferences are, allergies and things like that, so they know and have an idea of what to prepare. I think I saw. Yeah. Bill. Yes, ma'am. I have a question back to Job Network Child. Yes. Because I stood so close by here mm -hmm. in the background, she had some gun stretch. Mm -hmm. Could you approach some of those people who babysitting for the jobber? I can ask Rose about that. I, I'll see if there's a way we can I mean, do they that. would be giving back. Okay. That's a good thought. Thank you. I, I'll, I'll work with her on that. So, any do, other you, do they cook a hot meal in the evening? Yeah. Um, in our Dodd building? Um, I'm not uh, aware how you're going to prepare the meals here. What I, uh, what most uh, facilities are doing is that the families who volunteer to cook a meal will prepare it at home and bring it here. Uh, so I assume that's the way it's going to be done uh, here. There was a question back here, and then I saw oh, there back here. No, I was curious. Um, if you um, know what percentage of the people is this couple, and then also what percentage somebody that is working not making them. Yeah, uh, from a national level, I think the same, I may have that statistic back here. Um, the let's see, 59% of the guests are children. 94% of them are under six years old. 80% um, of the guests find permanent employment. Employment. Uh, approximately 25% of the families served are two-parent uh, families. 60% have a female head of household. 5% have a male head of household. So. So that's, and I, we haven't uh, experienced, I don't know what that experience, well, our first intake, we got one couple and two single moms. 
and none of them are working. And that's going to be the biggest challenge is, you know, finding employment for this much. Uh, Must Ministries, I, uh, uh, they're aware of us, and uh, so we're partnering with them for referral. So uh, they have referred Must Ministries, Action Ministries. I'm meeting with someone in uh, Rainbow Village and uh, a couple others. So I'm trying to make my rounds to make sure that uh, people are aware of who we are. I've got a feeling, uh, though, that once the, the floodgates open, I won't have to worry about it. So, uh, yes, ma'am. Uh, uh, other than referrals, I'm not sure if they are in a uh, position to help me otherwise, but I certainly will explore yes, I just had a question about the schooling kids that are old enough in school. The plan is for them to continue at the same, at school. The same school. Yes, ma'am. So, I mean, we're talking like an hour and a half in the morning? It between could be. It could be. And again, yeah. a lot of that, say like for, for today, for example, North Minister, they don't have showers. So, um, you know, I have to work with, um, and Roswell Presbyterian was able to open their doors for this evening so they can take a shower, and then, um, you know, they'll go back and eat, and then in the morning just take a sponge bath, and I can take them to school, because I don't think I'd be able to get them to school no. in time if I go, yeah, so, so we'll have to work through some of those challenges. Ooh. Yes, ma'am. Unfortunately, you know, if you did help in any way on your own, if anything happened, it, it wouldn't be covered by insurance. But where I can use some help is if you have some folks in here who are willing to do some of this transporting in that van that we have, that 14-passenger van. You don't need a CDL. And if you're willing to get up in the morning, you can be part of the morning crew. <laughs> <laughs> and, and if you don't mind 400 traffic in the evening, you can be part of the evening crew. <laughs> you know, to bring them back up. No, not to drive the van. So that's why that solution was much better than the bus solution. <laughs> oh, yeah, you can do that. Because, again, with the bus solution, it was strictly just me or anybody that had a CDL. And, and just from the room here, it, very few of us have CDL. That was just something. Again, I guess God has a sense of humor. Because <laughs> I, I had no idea that my CDL at some point might be used again. But then he, he said, okay, we'll cut you some slack. Here's, here's the band. So, but, uh, yeah, those are some of the challenges in the mornings and the evenings, depending on whether congregation has uh, showers or not. Uh, to be able to work around that to get to uh, school, because uh, one of the uh, one of the kids goes to elementary school up here in Alpharetta, and as I understand, the school starts at like 7:40. So we would have to get up probably and get them out by 5 or 5:30, get them down to St. Luke's to take a shower and be on the road, uh, hopefully by 6:30. So anyway, this uh, solution um, here tonight will help, I think. And then in the afternoons um, at St. Luke's, I'll have them take showers in the afternoons and that'll be the routine that we'll have to uh, deal with. They'll have to take their showers that, that afternoon uh, in preparation for the next day in order to make the school uh, work. Yes, well, do, we, um, like, do, we, do we provide like shower and wash all the Yes. In a, in a yeah, facility, right? at the facility. That's right. Oh, yeah, sure. I was going to ask about laundry and that kind of ties into what Martha says. What about their, their laundry? We have at the um, uh, day center, uh, what do you call a stackable uh, washer dryer, or is it dryer, washer dryer, <laughs> whatever, it stacks, and so they can wash their clothes there during during the day. 
Um, now, the, there could be laundry um, uh, volunteers here because we could have a wetter, uh, bed wetter, uh, that may uh, soil some sheets or so. And so either you, you need, when, when it's your time, to have extra sheets uh, available or to have the ability to uh, wash and turn that around. So, so that's another position, if you will, that uh, would be uh, needed in addition to everything else that, that I'm Yes, sir. I think there's an active family promise in the county. Yep. Can you talk about that, how it's grown up, involved, how it uh, would relate to like? Yeah, there are actually, um, I think, 10 other affiliates in Georgia. I know about the one in Gwinnett. They've been around like eight plus years. Uh, Rock County um, has been around almost two years. One in Hall County has been around about a year, something like that. Um, Brent is the uh, executive director for the Gwinnett um, Family Promise location, and he's kind of grown into, he's morphed into something bigger than the IHN. He does a lot of the other mentoring and other things. He also has just a regular day shelter where he can let men in and he can let women in. Um, so he has a, a, a multiple set of needs that he's able to satisfy in his community. Uh, at some point in time, we might be able to, if we get space like that, where we might be able to do that. Our challenge right now is that we are north full of the cab. Well, the cab, the only area that we can really accommodate is Dunwoody. If someone from Stone Mountain calls and they have a need, I don't have any congregations that far into Stone Mountain or that far east into DeKalb County. So part of what I'm doing is trying to touch bases with some pastors uh, in churches in that uh, area of, uh, of DeKalb County so that we can get more coverage there if we get calls coming from that far. First Google showers. <laughs> <laughs> well, we don't want to discourage anyone, uh, a facility from, from participating. Showers does not have to be, um, you know, part of what you do. Um, but certainly it, it presents more of a challenge, but I think it's workable uh, where, again, the families would just have to get used to showering in the afternoon when they're home from school and before they, you know, get uh, on the bus to come back up to eat dinner, wherever the congregation is, they just have to make sure they shower, and that will be that best way that we can work around that. But I, I, I understand what you're saying. It makes my life easier. Yeah. What's wrong with a marine bath? Marine bath. Okay. That's when you bathe out of the ceremony. Oh. You know, you don't have a shower. Yeah. I mean, there's yeah. lots yeah. of people. That yes. Are, I, I agree. When we were kids, we didn't have all yeah. this stuff. Yeah. I, I understand. Yeah. And that, <laughs> is that unallowed? No, it's not unallowed. It just may be that, uh, you know, whatever the facility is, they may just have a sink and, you know, no. nothing to really stand in, you know. Right. Uh, so, if the water isn't, if the floor isn't drained properly, then, you, you know, but they can certainly do a sponge bath, they can certainly wash off, I mean, but they would have had the substantial uh, washing the night before. So that, I, I understand what you're saying. Yes, ma'am. Yes. Could you use some of the churches in the area where they're staying just for shower? Well, that's be a lot closer. That, that's what I'm actually yeah. I'm working with uh, 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 Chris uh, Ware. She's uh, actually agreed to do that when um, the uh, families are staying at Temple Beth Tikva, which is part of the network. Uh, they'll come over here uh, for shower. Uh, so, uh, so we're trying to work that so we don't have to make that drive uh, down to uh, St. Luke's. Unnecessarily. Yes, ma'am. Well, that's. I have to explore that because I haven't uh, looked into that. So if they, they do. You know, I think they 
welcome helping. Okay. So. Yeah, so I'll, I'll look into that. Uh, the ability for schools to cover showers. Yes, sir. Uh, you do it the dirty center. Oh, dirty center. Money. Money, yeah. What, what kind of financial situation is supporting that? Right, right now, uh, the congregations that are part of the network have agreed to support um, Family Promise, and they're doing it through tithes and offerings. They're doing it through the GIC program. Um, St. Luke's had a big uh, uh, fun run. They call it the Tartan Trot um, <laughs> that they did a couple weeks ago, and part of uh, the funding uh, for our program comes from that. Uh, but it doesn't uh, discourage anybody from going into their pockets uh, <laughs> uh, of the extra uh, and, and giving to Family Promise. But right now, we're strictly uh, congregationally funded. Uh, there, I think uh, we've applied for a United Methodist Church uh, grant, and I'm also filling out an application for a Presbyterian Church grant, um, you know, which, again, helps to support. So, you know, we're... Um, uh, we're looking at different types of fundraisers, and uh, we have some volunteer grant writers that we hope uh, that can help supplement as well. Yes, well what are your greatest needs? What are your three greatest needs? Okay, uh, well, a, a case manager yeah. uh, to help. Um, and if I get funded uh, to uh, a level where I can make that a full-time case manager instead of part-time. But right now, you've got enough funding for a part-time case manager. And then the other, uh, again, some support in terms of uh, a van driver. Again, right now that would be volunteer, but if I get enough funding, then I can make that a paid position. Uh, then uh, that van is going to be on the road constantly, so to have a solution where we can maintain it, put tires on it without it costing us an arm and a leg, uh, that's going to be a, a big help. Um, and then, you know, at some point in time to look at perhaps a location, part of my challenge with uh, uh, St. Luke's right now is that I don't have access to it uh, during the day on uh, the weekend. So on the weekends, if these families just wanted to just kick back and relax, you will have to find something as a congregation uh, for them to do. And that's a good thing, too. Uh, but if they, you know, just wanted to continue to look at the computer, look for a job or something, I can't get into uh, St. Luke's during, on Saturday until after 5 o'clock, and I can't go in on Sunday because they're having service. So if a family does not want to worship on Sunday and they just wanted to, you know, watch TV, we're not forcing them uh, to attend service. We're offering it to them, um, but they some may not want to go to service. So the option would be to find some place in your church uh, but that means someone still has to be with them. And I say that to say a facility that will provide me with weekend uh, access and showers and something that may be a little more centrally located uh, in this area might be a, a, another solution at some point in time down the road. We have uh, St. Luke's, though, for a year. We signed a year lease with them. That's uh, very reasonable, and they actually have given it back to us at 100 bucks a month, so it's not unreasonable. But they have a congregation or in their community, uh, uh, a Russian uh, community, that's uh, having classes, English as a second language, and they actually use our facility had fixed it up and everything to do ballroom dancing. <laughs> <laughs> and so they uh, take their ballroom dancing classes down there on Saturdays from 9 to 5. So, you know, when I would probably take 
these families down in the shower, wash their clothes and all that. I can't do that um, between 9 and 5. And then again on Sunday, we're in the basement of the church. It's not wheelchair accessible. The only way you can get down there is on the stairs. So if you have some health issues, you can't really get downstairs. Um, the bathroom's on the second floor, uh, just regular bathrooms, and the shower's on the third floor. So it's, I mean, I praise God that we have a facility. You know, and that they were willing to put in the expense to fix it up. But it's not the ideal facility uh, long-term, I think, for, for our program. So I think those would be three big solutions uh, for me at the moment. And, uh, you know, if I come up some... <laughs> <laughs> you get any sleep at all? Uh, Cheryl, do I get any sleep? That's my wife back there. Huh? She, she would say, and, and we're a 24-7 operation. If there are issues, you know, there are coordinators. Uh, who are charged with trying to handle, and I've done training, not done the training here, but, uh, you know, to try and make sure everybody's aware of what to do, who to call. Uh, but ultimately, uh, you know, the buck stops with me. And, but I say it stops with Cheryl, cause she's gonna be the gatekeeper and, you know, <laughs> looking at the phones, but, you know, if there are issues, then we, uh, certainly, uh, are gonna try and address as soon as we can if they're, you know, serious enough. So have I, it's 10.30, I don't know if I've gone over or if, that, if I'm within the right time frame. So. Yes, sir. Um, you, you know, I didn't bring my calendar with me. I think you are now in the uh, late March, early April time. And there was a change that might happen or affect uh, that because of uh, uh, Temple Beth Tikva. What I tried to do is to uh, structure our first uh, 11 weeks was just kind of put together uh, by Rabbi uh, Brad Levenberg based on, uh, he's the president of the board, uh, but it didn't really consider the geographical uh, locations. I mean, we got uh, just a group of churches right here in Roswell, and then we got a group of churches basically in Dunwoody. So, you know, and so the way the route is now, we're going, you know, kind of from uh, Roswell down to Dunwoody, back to Roswell down to Dunwoody. And so the second set of, uh, and the rest of the year, I've tried to geographically co-locate so that we can take advantage of being close to proximity and take advantage of uh, those churches that have showers versus those that don't. So, but I think it's in April, uh, late March, early April. Okay. I think that's the most questions I've ever seen you ask. <laughs> that must be that we're very interested and supportive. So we are so thankful for Bill and Cheryl to come and give us this big overview of Family Promise. And we had already planned to participate, so we're good to go. If something else I was thinking now forgot what it was. But we always have our Bible verse at the end. Oh, I know what I was thinking. Maloney and Charlotte, did you ever dream that you would have families living in the Dodd? <laughs> Isn't that cool? Yeah. And my other thought about that was it looks like a home. Yeah. It's not a big old concrete block square building. So what a blessing that it's it's just right. Just right. Such a beautiful facility. Uh, we're still with our uh, fruit of the Spirit, and we happen to have two in this particular Bible verse. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him. This week in one of my classes, there was a discussion of what's head knowledge of Jesus and what's heart knowledge of Jesus. 
And I bet you there's not a soul in this room who couldn't tell us lots of stories of Jesus in his life and what he said and where he was. That's all head knowledge of Jesus. But the fruit of the Spirit comes to us through heart knowledge of Jesus when he lives within us. So that's just so very special to think about our heart knowledge this week. Let's let Jesus live within our hearts. Have a good week.